0: I think that it's important that women, in order to reduce your risk for just you know any health issues in, as general, and specifically for Alzheimer's or another type of dementia, just making sure that you are taking care of yourself, your own cognitive health, mm-hmm. making sure you are going to your doctors, making sure that you are implementing some type of balance in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't be so hard on yourself.
0: Absolutely. Give, give yourself some grace.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Aging in Style. We have our friend Tanisha tyler Carr with the Alzheimer's Association back with us um, this month. She is the Programs and Services Coordinator for the Alzheimer's Association, Dallas and Northeast Texas Chapter. And if you are a regular listener, we've had Tanisha on the show quite frequently since December, talking about all different aspects of Alzheimer's, and we just absolutely love having her on as a guest. So welcome back, Tanisha.
0: Thank you for having me, Lori. It's great to be back. Well, great. What we
1: are going to talk about today, because it is March and it's uh, Women's Month, and we want to address the effect of Alzheimer's on women, not just women having Alzheimer's, but also the role that women take on as caregivers. And there's a, a lot to talk about with that. So why don't we get started, Tanisha?
0: Absolutely. Uh, You're absolutely correct, Lori. When it comes to women and the connection between Alzheimer's disease, what we currently know is in the United States, there's more than 13 million women who are either living with Alzheimer's disease or caring for someone who has it. That is a staggering number.
1: That is absolutely. And as we were talking earlier, most of the calls that I receive are from women, and it's either a daughter. Or it can be a spouse or the daughter in law. So typically, Mm -hmm. women are calling and they're in that position of being a caregiver, or they're the ones who just take it upon themselves to let's find out some information and see what we're dealing with here.
0: Absolutely. I would definitely say that as a certified dementia practitioner and working with the Alzheimer's Association as a care consultant where Care Consultation is a free service that we offer where uh, we speak with anyone who wants information specifically about our programs and services, but also can have a one-on-one conversation about what's going on, get some referrals, and really kind of map out some type of care plan. I am typically talking to women, typically. Like you said, it's typically a spouse, a niece, a granddaughter, a daughter-in-law, a sister, but typically I am talking to women versus
1: men. Mm -hmm. And as I was saying, I had a a good friend reach out to me last night and she said, you know, do you have a minute to talk? Because I kind of think, you know, something's going on with my mom. I kind of think I'm seeing something, but I don't know, maybe it's dementia. And as she kind of laid it out to me, what was happening? And I asked some questions. I mean, Definitely sounded like, you know, there's dementia going on. So we came up with a plan. But first off, you know, I wanted her to reach out to the Alzheimer's Association, go online and see all the resources. But I think it's really important as a reminder Let's go over what are some of the symptoms that people should be like red flags that maybe something's going on with their mom or whoever it is in the family.
0: Absolutely. When we think about the warning signs, we have a piece of education out there called the 10 warning signs. And we specify 10 because these are the most frequent. Warning signs or symptoms that are exhibited that people start to realize that these are warning signs that their loved one may have Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. And just to clarify, when we talk about dementia itself, dementia is that umbrella term it's a classification. And under that umbrella term of dementia, there are various types of different neurological conditions like Alzheimer's disease. And typically when people think about dementia, Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. So dementia is the classification umbrella term. And under it, Alzheimer's disease, mild cognitive impairment, vascular dementia, these are all types of diseases that are classified as dementia. And typically what people will see is memory loss that is very severe if we've forgotten something. But someone who's experiencing Alzheimer's or another type of dementia has severe memory loss that's really disruptive to their daily life. And it means like uh, once they've lost an item, like I don't know how many times I misplaced my keys or my phone or just different things. We all do that, right? But when you have this disease, some of the things that people really notice is when someone loses something, they lose it. They completely lose the ability to retrace their steps and find the item. So typically lost things, you know, happen on, people are losing things constantly, car keys, you know, glasses, prescriptions, and they're lost because that person does not have the ability to retrace their steps or they're seeing, maybe you have someone who's very, you know, neat and orderly. They're usually pretty organized, but then you come over and the house is a mess. It looks like they haven't cleaned up. They haven't arranged, you know, like clean clothes, wash dishes. Like the house is an absolute mess and it's very uncommon of their behavior. So those extreme personality changes or extreme changes in routine, and then also getting lost in familiar places, like people typically getting lost while driving, you know, in in your neighborhood, you know, you drive that way, you drive that way to the store, your church, your job to go out on the town, just in your area, your normal routine, but forgetting how to get back to your home, forgetting how to get back to those places that are very familiar. And that's happening more and more often, which is absolutely abnormal.
1: And also, uh, my friend told me, you know, as we as we talked about this last night, her mom's having a lot of short term memory loss like she's remembering things from the past like with no problem but just a lot of short term memory she can't recall and mm-hmm. then repeating herself over and over and then the other thing that she did that made me think oh we you know you really need to get her into a neurologist and see what's going on but recalling a story that was her daughter's story not her story but like she was there. She told the story from like mm-hmm. her perspective. So just some things like that, you know, those are red flags that that's not quite.
0: Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah. And you're absolutely correct. Short term memory loss is pretty much probably the most pronounced symptoms that people see. Because like you said, forgetting the present. Forgetting daily conversations, forgetting daily routine, anything that is present tense, but still having that long-term memory intact. So short-term memory loss, forgetting conversations or confusing details, mixing up dates and times, or even forgetting daily routine. That short-term memory loss can be more pronounced, and it's definitely a huge warning sign. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely correct.
1: And I mean, it's so wonderful that we have your organization, we have your website. So if you're listening and you're noticing any of these, or if you just even question it, go to the Alzheimer's Association, look up and we'll put a link to it, what the you know red flags or signs are so that you know, am I onto something here? What's going on? But then to take it back to women, I know one of the facts that you gave me was that two thirds of people diagnosed with dementia are women.
0: That's That's, shocking. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. Um, And just a a few other facts that you may not know. Women in their 60s are more than twice as likely to develop Alzheimer's disease over the rest of their lives as they would if they were to develop breast cancer. And I like to clarify, Alzheimer's disease or any type of dementia is not a normal part of aging for anyone even though age is the greatest risk factor and women tend to live longer it is still absolutely not a normal part of aging for anyone
1: why is it that women are getting alzheimer's dementia why why do they get it at a higher rate than men
0: well you know we're still trying to really determine that and realistically you know there just needs to be more research done you know there is some thought that women may experience higher levels of depression or impaired health than their male counterparts. We also live longer. So evidence suggests that these differences arise because female caregivers tend to spend more time on caregiving to take on more caregiving tasks or to care for someone uh, with greater cognitive functional behavioral problems. So typically, like we kind of talked about, women are typically the go-to caregivers, when it comes to yeah. anything that happens in the family, you know, any any problems that arise, we are typically the problem solvers, not only our own care, but also others care. So there's still lots of information and lots of research that needs to be done on that. And we really need more larger, diverse studies to really determine why women seem to be presenting at a greater risk. But this is what we know now.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be if we're caring for someone else, we tend to put our own needs and health on the back burner. So maybe women aren't going to the doctor like they should and being diagnosed. Maybe there's high blood pressure that's leading to TIAs or whatever. It may be stroke, whatever. So we're not taking care of ourselves because we're so caught up in caring for everyone else's needs, which is, you know, that happens with women.
0: Absolutely. And this is another fact you may not know nearly 19% of women, caregivers who are caring for someone with Alzheimer's or another type of dementia, uh, they've had to quit work to either become a caregiver or because their caregiving duties became way too burdensome. Mm
1: -hmm. So So that's that's very much in line. Yeah,
0: what you're saying.
1: You know, and I wonder how much is stress too, because there's so many, you know, we've talked about the sandwich generation before, which is the caregiver is caring for children who are still at home and in school, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: then they're caring for an aging parent who, who may have dementia. So they're right there in the middle and they may still be working too. So that's a lot of stress on one person to be, you know, taking care of everyone. So I wonder how much stress plays a factor in it. I'm sure it does too.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, there are a number of potential biological and social reasons mm-hmm. why women more than men have Alzheimer's, another type of dementia. You know, there's a prevailing view that has been this discrepancy is due to the fact that women may live longer than men on average. And older age is a greater risk. But once again, still, this is not a normal part of aging for anyone. Mm-hmm. So researchers are now questioning whether the risk of Alzheimer's could actually be higher for women at any given age due to biological or genetic variations and differences in their life experience.
1: Is there anything, just out of curiosity, like once a woman goes through menopause, do they see anything like with the hormones that maybe is causing dementia or anything like that?
0: You know, that could definitely be a factor. There are some studies uh, that definitely talk about these factors for women but you know there's still a lot of work to be done Mm -hmm. we need more study on that but you know those can definitely be a factor
1: okay what are some things women can do to i guess you know if they're the caregiver what kind of things can they do to kind of take a little bit of that stress off of their plate
0: well i think the first thing is this you know women really need to understand you know as you are caregiving or maybe taking care of, or maybe you're not yet a caregiver, maybe just as, as far as, you know, just women's health and just reducing your risk in general for Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. It's age old. We hear it all the time. It all sounds cliche, but making sure you are staying on top of your health. And that means going to the doctor, not compromising that, going to get checked out, you know, going to take care of yourself. Exercise, diet. These are things that our doctors are always on us about. And, you know, we if we're all honest, we all struggle with these things because we like what we like mm-hmm. and we want to do what we do. But these things in the long run are are absolutely just paramount. Mm-hmm. Women's health, you know, making sure you're going to your doctor's appointment, staying on top of your numbers, your blood pressure, you know, your sugar, those lipid panels. Every time we go get a physical, those are key. Making sure that you are getting enough sleep. Sleep is so important to the brain. So just things like that, making sure you're doing those things. And if you are in a caregiver role of some sort, making sure that you are reaching out to organizations like the Alzheimer's Association and, you know, getting some local referrals. There is assistance out there uh, so that you're not just doing this on your own. So that's also very important making sure that you are getting in contact with you know talking to your doctor coming up with a treatment plan with your doctor getting in touch with the Alzheimer's Association we have lots of free programs and services education programs support groups as well as information and referral lists for local resources in your area as well and also utilizing our 24/7 helpline for a care consultation which is free ongoing you can call that number anytime all the time there's always someone 24 7 to answer that phone And that's someone that you can rely on to talk to about what's going on and to try to be there as assistance in crisis situations, as well as if you need local referrals or if you just really need help, mapping out a care plan for your loved one and also self-care for yourself. And maybe even just someone that you you can talk to confidentially so that you can uh, kind of relieve some of that stress yourself by having someone neutral to talk to that really understands what's going on. Absolutely. And that number is 1-800-272-3900.
1: And we will definitely put this after the podcast, put all the information in there too, with the phone number and um, all the other resources. The other thing when we mentioned, and you mentioned about having you know, care for them. So the call that I get from a lot of people is, I can't, it's great that there's in-home care, that people will come out and and you know, be with them, give me a break, or there's memory care, there's different places to go. But if you don't have the financial resources, that's a problem. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so I get that question a lot. They're like, oh, that's great, Lori. I can't bring someone in as a caregiver for $24, $25 an hour, or right. I can't afford a memory care for four dollars 5000 a month. And And I get that. And I, you know, I feel for them. Some mm-hmm. of the resources that I've run across, I mean, there are through some churches, there are some programs that at least give you four hours, one day a week where, you mm-hmm. know, your loved one may qualify to go and, and give you a break. There are some caregiver support groups. There's There are some, I don't know too many, you may have resources on these, but some home care agencies that will accept Medicaid. So what are there, do you know of other resources for people who financially, they just can't afford some of these other options?
0: No, absolutely. You know paying for care is expensive. And I think the more that people get into this process, they understand that more. Sometimes you don't realize how expensive care is and really, uh, you know, policies getting on this list and that list, that can be very confusing and daunting. So uh, by calling our helpline, the Alzheimer's Association has lots of referrals of different individuals who are aging life care managers who are a phenomenal asset who can really walk families through what to apply for you know seeing what they qualify for as far as you know state aid and mm-hmm. then also looking at like you said different organizations uh, there are other referrals that we can provide you know with free legal aid if they're needing some financial and legal counseling at a discounted possibly free price and then also contacting uh, the Senior Source of Dallas, the Senior Source has a wealth of resources as well. So there's a lot of different referrals that we can provide based on their situation. A lot of referrals like the Area Agency on Aging, uh, things like that, the Department of Aging and Disability Services. There are different agencies that specifically help families in need if paying for care is an issue hmm.
1: Do you find in some of these places, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but this is the question I get from people is that they try calling places and then the wait lists are very long to get into any kind of program. Do you find that across the board that that is,
0: I would say case? that's just across the board. Okay. And it's because the need is so great. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot of these agencies, you know, are overwhelmed and they're trying to accommodate everybody who is in need, you know, realistically, you know, that's, That's easier said than done. Absolutely. There's a huge demand. So I always recommending hitting uh, these agencies up, find out when their fiscal year is, hitting them up at the beginning of their fiscal year, because there's more funding at the Mm -hmm. beginning of their fiscal year. When you're trying to hit up these agencies, you know, towards the middle of or the end of the year, a lot of time their funding has been exacerbated. So it's, that's why I say it's always a good idea to call an agency like the Alzheimer's Association because we do have referrals to, once again, professionals like aging life care specialists who do this all the time and know how to really walk you through this process. And they have a lot of referrals and connections themselves to kind of help make it a little bit easier to navigate this process.
1: Okay, good. And that makes it even worse when it's a difficult process to go through. But when financially you just don't you don't have the money to do it, it makes it even so much worse. Now, I get this question a lot and I have seen it before. I know that there is a program. So you're a daughter and you have to quit your job to care for your mom. There is a way to get paid as her caregiver, correct?
0: Yes, there are ways to get paid as the primary care Giver for your loved one, you would have to go through the Social Security Administration okay. to go through that process. And there also is something that your loved one may qualify for Social Security Disability Insurance. So when okay. you go to the Social Security Administration, you can inquire about that as well. Excellent. I always wondered where that was. So,
1: Social Security is where you find that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good to know. And I I just think it's so important to give to everyone, especially to women, since that's who we're talking to really today, is that just to give them these resources so that they have a place to turn to. And, you know, And as Tanisha said, we need to take care of ourselves, take care of our own health. We did a show a couple of weeks ago on brain fitness, and it's great. It's all about exercise and eating right and doing all these things. And as we're talking right now, I'm thinking, you know, if I am stressed out, trying to take care of my mom, take care of my kids, the reality is, am I really going to go exercise Am I really going to go bake salmon, or am I just going to grab, you know, something from McDonald's and just take five minutes to chill in front of the TV? You know, that's just that is the reality of it. We know we need to do oh, all yeah. these things, but just being real when you are that stressed and and have so much mm-hmm. coming at you, I mean, I, I understand. I, I see how that happens. Right.
0: And and let's think about it, Lori. Just in in our culture as women, we are conditioned from an early age to be, you know, multitaskers, Mm -hmm. we are conditioned to be nurturers, we are conditioned to be the problem, you know, solvers, the balance, right, we're conditioned that way. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that before we can do that for others, we need to do that for ourselves first. Mm -hmm. So it is important for women to understand that their health is primary before stepping into any other roles in their lives, because you have to make sure you are taking care of yourself first.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's going to be key, especially if you, uh, you know, unfortunately fall into a caregiver role or you may be someone who may eventually be diagnosed with Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. You want to do things to reduce your risk totally. Of course, by Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself, you know, we've talked about diet and fitness and things like that, but also understanding your risk getting your screenings, going to the doctor and doing little things every day to take care of yourself.
1: Absolutely. So if you're a caregiver out there, you're going to need to try do your best to take care of yourself because you don't want to be the one being cared for. <laughs> if you don't, I mean, that's just kind of the vicious cycle of it too, right? You know, you take care of someone all these years, you're neglecting your health, and then you're the next one who needs to be cared for. So we do need to be mindful of that. And as women, I do feel I feel like sometimes we feel guilty if we go and do something for ourselves, right? Yeah. And if if we go out and you know get our nails done or go get a massage or whatever it is, we feel a little guilty about it. We could have done something else with that money, but we shouldn't. We need to have those little treats for ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's important, you know, we are tasked with more caregiving tasks throughout our lifetime than our male mm-hmm. counterparts. And I think that it's important that women, in order to reduce your risk for just, you know, any health issues in as general, and specifically for Alzheimer's or another type of dementia, just making sure that you are taking care of yourself, your own cognitive health, mm-hmm. making sure you are going to your doctor's appointments, make sh- making sure that you are implementing some type of balance in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't be so hard on yourself.
0: Absolutely, Give, your, give yourself some grace. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. <laughs>
1: yep. Wonderful. And you have a great link for us also. I don't think we mentioned it earlier, but it's about women and Alzheimer's. And yes. we will put that link on as well. Anything else,
0: any last thoughts you want to share with our with our women who are caregivers? I just wanted to say to all the women, if you are concerned about yourself, if you're caregiving for someone else, if you have received the diagnosis, or if you just want more information uh, period about, you know, just women and Alzheimer's disease, or you just really want to, uh, in general, want to know about the resources that we have at the Alzheimer's Association, please don't hesitate to call us at our 24-7 helpline at 1-800-272-3900.
1: Thank you, as always, Tanisha. I always appreciate having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Oh, great. So thank you all for listening. You can always find more information on my website, which is lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com. We'll have all of the information and websites that Tanisha has shared also with the podcast. And please, please share this podcast on with your friends and families, especially your women friends and people who may be caregivers, because this is great information to share with everyone. And uh, we will see y'all next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.